buckle up, ladies and gentlemen, because it's time for your Super League podcast. Proudly brought to you by Horn Industrial Coatings. Welcome to the electrifying world of Super League basketball. Hello and welcome to the Super League podcast. I am your host, Dale Taylor, and today I am joined by League Commissioner Rowan Sword. How are you, mate? Good, DT. How are you? Going very, very well. Uh, a little bit bothered by this heat today, but uh, but yeah, no, going pretty good. I think it's still at uh, 33 at the moment where we are, so it's been a pretty hot night. That, that's ridiculous, actually. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, this episode brought to you... Sorry, mate. Sorry, this episode brought to you by Hazard Electrical for all your solar and uh, and electrical needs. Please call the guys at Hazard Electrical. Rowan, a big week in Super League. The the final race is really uh, it's really ramping up. It's hot now. There's uh, some teams that were probably a little bit outside that put their hands up, and then there was some teams on the inside that said that they didn't want to play finals. So <laughs> there's a uh, there's a big uh, a big open door, um, but not everyone's going to fit in. So there's uh, opportunities over the next couple of weeks to uh, to earn that spot for for a few teams. I was um, I was studying the ladder the other day, and and uh, it really does look like there's a lot of teams who are probably worthy of playing finals that are going to miss out. I had a conversation with uh, with someone throughout the week about playing finals and all that 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 concept, and obviously we didn't. Um, budget for that in our calendar this this season because it would probably add another week and we need to discuss that as a board but this would be like a season that would be worthy of you know a team that finished fifth or sixth on the ladder because they could potentially win it from fifth or sixth um, because I think the quality goes that deep um, obviously with 10 teams only four teams making it there's always uh, there's always some good teams missing out so that's going to be the case this season there's going to be some really good teams missing out um, most teams have got two more games to play and, uh, and they're going to be super important. They definitely are. Um, let's, let's talk about the Monday night, um, conference and the, the first game on the Monday night to talk about was the Pakenham Upper Unicorns defeating the Lakeside Vikings 77 to 53. Bit of, bit of a shootout this one. You've got about 130, 130 points gone down, so... High scoring game, high quality game by both uh, by both teams, but obviously unicorns dropping seventy seven. They shot it fifty uh, percent or forty nine percent. So um, yeah, unicorns are coming coming back in strong. Yeah, they've, they've, if you look at the stat sheet, it's a it's a unusual spread in some aspects. You've got the the usual Cal McNiff thirty plus. He had thirty seven. Uh, eight rebounds uh, and a few steals in there as well. Shot the ball at 63%. Just a magnificent magnificent performance from him. Uh, Cal Shave popping up for a big one, 15 and 8. Uh, we had Sammy Pettit going off for 11, 7, 4 assists and 3 steals. Uh, incredible game from him and, and someone that you should really look out for uh, towards the end of this season. Shane Badger, bit of a quiet one from him, although he did have seven points. He had five rebounds and five assists. Uh, always seems to be one of those guys flirting with the triple-double. Uh, and Ben Rhodes, back to his usual self, he had seven points. Only a couple of rebounds, but did not miss a shot in this game. 
Yeah, Benny has those games, doesn't he? He's super efficient and, you know, getting three or four shots at 100%, he gets his six, eight points and then usually gets the eight or ten rebounds as well. But if he's not grabbing rebounds, he's boxing out and, you know, guys like Cal McNiff is jumping in there to clean up clean up those boards. But as you can see, a really well-spread of scorers. You've got, like, five guys that have got seven points or more and obviously led by Cal McNiff dropping 37. It's a pretty good uh, baseline. And um, I think Cal's probably averaged about 30 this season. So no no surprises there. And um, as you can see, a good contribution on the boards as well. So Curtis will be pretty happy with the way the Unicorns contributed. They all chipped in and they, uh, they're they playing really well. For the Vikings, we had Hayden Davey with 14 and 10, four assists. Uh, shot the ball at 33%. Simo Pidich, he had uh, 10 points and a couple of rebounds in there as well. Jaden O'Neill popped up for 10. He had 10 and 4. Uh, outside of that, we had Rob Middleton, Mike Godfrey, Hayden Byron, all chipping in with five points and multiple rebounds. Scotty Elliott had four. Um, pretty reasonable spread uh, for the Vikings, but I think the yeah. game might have been won and lost with the uh, with the turnovers. Yeah, you know, 53 points. Um the scoring contribution of the Vikings is really good. Um, so it's just the, the other end of the game. They've got to obviously look after the ball a little bit better. 13 turnovers is too much. That probably results in 20 or 26 points in transition. So um, And they lose the game by 24. So a little bit untidy. And uh, and obviously giving up 77, you're not going to win too many. But offensively, the, uh, the Vikings have got plenty of uh, scoring power. Yeah, for sure. The, the Vikings, are they done? Do you know? They are finished. I think they're they're two and seven at the moment, so they're they're too far back, unfortunately. But um, I know with the the caliber of players in this team, with two more games to go, they're gonna they're gonna uh, mess up someone's season. They're gonna pinch another win, and uh, and take away a finals opportunity from someone. I I always liked that when you when you no chance of making finals and you're playing someone that is uh, of ruining their day. I, I just there's something about it. I love doing it. <laughs> well, I think the Vikings, they've definitely got the uh, the calibre of players to do that. All right. The next game of the night was the Packenham Pirates getting up on the Narry Warren Silverbacks, 63-55. to 55. Close game. Uh, and I, I wasn't there for this, but uh, you would have probably seen most of this one, I imagine. Uh, I hope I saw most of it because I was reffing. Um, <laughs> I had, had, a crack, had a crack with the whistle and... Um, Super important game, um, especially for for the Pirates. They're um they're on the fringe of making finals, and as we know, they've got a, a very strong team. That if they do make finals, they could potentially win the whole thing. So um, it was a bit of an up and down game, as you can see with the box score contributions from everyone, um, obviously from both teams. But it was probably just the class of um, of Will Tankard in the last quarter. Um, I think he's probably off to a slow start, and then in in the last quarter, hit three or four threes. Ended up with 30 points and uh, and won the game for the Pirates. But um, I think he copped a knock in the third quarter uh, and spent a quarter on the bench. As you can see, he's only played Will Tankard. It says that he's played 40 minutes, but I'm pretty sure he went to the bench for a period of time. And okay. um, and and they missed him whilst he was off the court. But when he when he came back on, he um he had a significant impact in that last quarter. As I said, four four threes. I think it was in the last quarter. Um, He's had six threes for the game. So took a little while for him to, to get cracking. And, um, yeah, 30 points is a massive game for him. And obviously uh, led by Dill Jenkinson as well, who's who's also contributing with, with 23 points. 
um, eight assists, eleven rebounds, so two steals. He's done uh, done what Dill always does. Underappreciated man on the stat sheet here. What about Gav Trapnell? Four points, nineteen rebounds, seven blocked shots. Get stuffed. Seven block shots. Um, man, there's uh, when Gav's around. Obviously, as a referee, you got to hold your whistle because he's got um, he's got great great um, blocking ability, and um, he challenged a lot of shots. And I think he shot extremely well from that mid range. As I think he chipped in with four points. Is that what you said? Four points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He sort of has opportunities there to to chip in for a few, but he plays his role. Seven blocks, he saved potentially fourteen points and nineteen rebounds is uh, is amazing. That's insane. Um, outside of that, we had Dennis Smith with uh, with four points, a couple of rebounds, and Joshy Jantz with uh, with a couple of points and five rebounds, a couple of assists and steals in there as well. Uh, for the Silverbacks, uh, my man Paul Phillips, twenty one and eight. Love to see that from Paul Phillips. I reckon he dropped three three triples in the first quarter. So he's, uh, he's shooting pretty well from outside early in the game. And um, instead of, I thought it was going to be one of these nights, like Paul's back and, uh, yeah, shot, shot extremely well. Those guys were missing uh, Michael Finley. He's been a big contributor for the Silverbacks this season. Uh, Dave Gormley had a bit of a quiet one by his standards. Still flirted with the triple-double, eight points, six boards and six assists. Uh, Jamie Marchingo was stuffing the stat sheet. He had 16 points and, and six boards. Uh, Jay Burgess and Thomas Lovett both went for four points, uh, five and four rebounds, uh, respectively. And Kyle Sutherland, with his usual uh, couple of points, seven boards, three assists, and a whole lot of defensive pressure. Yeah, I think um, Dave might have started this game off the bench as well. Um, He's been dealing with a bit of back pain this season. Um, But, you know, still got out there and contributed for 32 minutes of the game. And... Uh, as you see, you know, you get six six assists in Super League, you've done pretty well. So he's uh, distributed the ball really well. And, and, and it's probably Jamie Marchingo is one of his best games that he's played whilst he's been in Super League as well, contributing to both ends of the floor offensively and defensively. Good defender. Dave Gormley, saw back from carrying the Silverbacks, perhaps? Maybe. <laughs> maybe that's uh, – <laughs> maybe Kyle can answer that. <laughs> Kyle's picked him two seasons in a row. I'll wait for the private message after he listens to this podcast. <laughs> uh, next up, we had the Baronia Bloodhounds going down to the Longwari Knights, 49 to 58. Bit of a surprise result when I saw this, uh, when I logged in and saw the, the scores here. But um, like I always say, there's no easy wins in Super League. Yeah, I'm, 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 not, I'm not surprised. I think um, the, the Knights have got a really good team and, a lot of respect to them, and we we're very worried—not very worried, but we we're very aware of their um, their ability. And yep. um, if you look at this sheet, this um, this box sheet, especially for the three-point column for the Long Warrior Knights, um, I don't think we see this too many times in Super League. But each each player on the court for the Knights hit a three ball. They shot the three at forty percent. They've made fifteen out of thirty-eight threes, so fifteen triples. And each player in this team hit at least one triple. Um, it's just amazing outside shooting from this team. And um, I think, obviously, the way Jags stacked his roster, he's um, he's got shooters. And if the shooters shoot well, they they they, they beat anyone. Yep. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, Dill Packer, one of the best shooters in Super League, 
combined with Jess Maudsley, Shannon Humphreys, we know can get hot. We, we speak about it often on the podcast. Um, but yeah, it's, it's surprising that you see everyone on the roster has hit one. There's a couple banks, a couple uh, come off the glass, and a couple. Uh, no, 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 no. They just, they're just made threes. They just made threes. <laughs> That's all it says on the box score. Um, <laughs> a big shout out to Shannon. Shannon plays his best game whenever he plays against uh, myself or Jacko. I think Jacko said after the game, I've played against Shannon four times now and I've never beaten him. He seems to um, have his best game when he plays against us. He's, he's dropped 14 points in this game, four from outside, made four trays from outside. Top scorer of the Knights? Sorry, what was that? Top scorer for the Knights on, on the night? Yeah, look, it was a really, um, really well-spread scoring box sheet from them, but 14 points from... Uh, you know, from Shannon is is awesome, and he's like, you know, he's taking twelve shots, which is good. And I said to Shannon, man, you got to shoot the ball more. He's a great shooter, so hopefully, he takes a lot of confidence out of this game and does this to another team next week because um, it's good to see. And the league loved it. Um, I know that there's a few a few people watching this game, and um, yeah, it's great to see these guys shooting well. Um, Dill Packer obviously did his thing normally. Jake Sutherland got to the rack. Um, everyone contributed. They they played extremely well. So just to run through the stats, as we as we mentioned, Shannon Humphreys led all scorers for the Longwari Knights, 14 points, he hit four triples. Uh, Dill Packer with three triples, he had 10 points. Uh, Josh Farragher, he had five points, 11 boards, a couple of assists. Uh, Jess Maudsley with three triples, nine points and three assists. Jordan Morgan, six points, four boards uh, and an assist. Macca Miles with five points and Jakey Sutherland with nine and nine. Uh, a couple of steals in there as well. For the Bloodhounds, uh, Jacko Gray, what a game. 25 and 12 for the big man, shooting 45%. Uh, Tane White, 13 points, 15 boards. Massive, massive nine on the glass for the big guy. Well, I think um, long shots are long rebounds and Tane, Tane always sort of plays at the top in the zone and Obviously, long shots, long rebounds, so he was in a position to get more rebounds. and um, He did a great job on the boards. Tane, every week he does something really well. So um, two weeks in a row from Jacko as well since we've, we've returned from the, the summer break. I think the week before he had 18 and 18 with, with four steals and he's backed it up here with a big one here as well, 25 and 12. It's, it's awesome. Not one assist from the big man, though. Look, he's no, he's, usually good, he's usually good for four or five normally. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of the best passing big men, I reckon. I, I had the luxury of playing with him on a Thursday night, and he's just dropping dimes everywhere. Yeah, he's good. He knows he's got to um, keep the other boys involved to, to obviously keep the double team or the triple team off him. So he he's always good for four or five assists. So he's, he's awesome to play with. Corey Nagel, 11 points, couple of rebounds, couple of assists. Uh, outside of that, there was no one troubling the scorers. We had Eli, Jaden, and uh, Chris O'Keefe not getting on the board. So... Um, I can't help but feel if, if yeah, you got a, even a, sp- a slight contribution from, from those guys, the game could have been a lot different. Yeah, and, you know, look at the, the shot attempts. Um, two shots, three it shots, and one like, shot. It's just, just not enough shots. Like, we need to have these guys as um, making legit threats. You know, they need to be a legit threat to score, um, and we need them probably shooting the ball twice as much as what they did. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on to the final game of the Monday night, and that was the Gembrook Pacers, 48, taking down the Ringwood Rangers, 39. Yeah, 
the um, I was going to say the Gembrook team has been a fun team to watch this season. They're um, a high class team. Um, Rangers played extremely well this game, but I think you know Pacers top of the ladder on the on the South Conference. They're top of the ladder for a reason. Um, they're just a real deep team, but each individual's got a, a specific role in that team. You got guys like Alex Kerr that just sets pick and rolls and, and boxes out. So he sets a pick and roll, makes Kyle Nagel better. He set he boxes out, he makes um, Cooper Lovelace better. Um, and then you've got, got Nick Melson and and um, and uh, Grimo obviously lighting it up from outside. If Knox, if Nick's not shooting well, he's always contributing really well defensively, and obviously Fab as well, great leader, and he's um he's got a good game plan for every every game. Not to mention uh, Luke Luke's as well. Luke's is always chipping in for a few points and doing the team things as well. Really, really you know, really good hustler. The thing I like about the paces is every time you read the box score, there's there's someone else popping up. Like Grimo pops up for 15 one game, and then then it's Cooper Lovelace with. 240 rebounds in the game, and then Nick Melson goes off for seven threes in a game. It's there's always someone that can can pop up and chip in uh, to help this team get a win. Definitely, definitely the strength in this team is 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 their their depth, um, and I think Kyle Nagel makes those guys better players as well. He's uh, he's pretty cool and calm and draws the crowd and gets his feet in the paint, and then it's got that inside outside action and um, obviously that baseline drop that he has as well. Grimo links up and gets, you know, rebounding opportunities or easy up and unders as well. So, um, yeah, Kyle just makes everyone better. That's why that's why he's a top three guy in the league. Easily one of the hardest guys that I've ever had to try and uh, defend or stop as a team as well. Like, he's just, just ridiculous. You, you can play awesome defense on him and then he just gets a pass off or just, you know, gets a little floater up and he just thinks his way through everything. He's always one, one step ahead of everyone. If we quickly read through the box score for the Pacers, we had Snags re, uh, leading everyone. He had 20 points, nine rebounds, eight assists, a couple of steals in there as well. Uh, Nick Melson, 11 points, four boards. We had Cooper Lovelace with eight points and 14 rebounds. Grimo with seven and three. Uh, Alex Kerr shot the ball at 100%, uh, two points, five boards. And then uh, Lugie and Fabrice Monti both Focusing on their defense this game, I think uh, no points, but multiple rebounds and no doubt a lot of defensive pressure. Yeah. For the Rangers, um, we had Burko. Burko had 14 points, 18 rebounds, uh, three blocks in there, a couple of uh, assists and steals as well. Really doing a good job of stuffing the stat sheet. I feel like he's playing his best basketball at the moment. Uh, Lockie Tankard, 10 points. Four rebounds, five assists. Uh, we had Bojack with six points and 12 boards. He's rebounding the ball very well. Uh, yep. off uh, Lockie Elliott, a couple of points in there and a rebound. Uh, PK, seven points and three rebounds. He's been a bit quiet the last few weeks. Look for him to fire up in this in this last couple of games. And Bailey Griffiths uh, didn't trouble the scorers, but a um, couple of rebounds and assists in there as well. So... Um, yeah, what do you what do you make of this? Because the Rangers are they're contending for a final spot, are they not? No, nah, I think that cooked them. To be honest, there. Oh, that was their that was their last chance. Yeah, they're three and six now, so they're not they're not going to make it. But mm-hmm. um, as I said, the same with the uh, the Vikings and obviously what the Knights did to us and what the Silverbacks are capable of doing, they are going to ruin someone's opportunity to make finals. 
Um, it's a really good team that that Bailey's put together. Um, they've just been on the wrong side of the game to come along too. So like one of those teams can come over and pinch a win against a, a contending Tuesday night team as well. hundred percent. And and the way the fixture has been done this season, the crossovers are um, at the end of the season. We had one um, crossovers in the middle of the season and we got crossover in the very last round of the season. So these finals might be decided by the crossover matchup. Um, it's going to be an interesting night that round 13 is going to be awesome. Isn't it just? Isn't it just? Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll hear from our sponsors and we'll get into our Tuesday night action. Horn Industrial Coatings offer you the best quality in epoxy floor coverings. Whether it's a factory floor, showroom, garage or outdoor basketball court, Horn Industrial Coatings will have you covered. Their products are designed to be hard-wearing and are suitable for foot traffic and even vehicle traffic. With over 20 years of experience, Dean and the crew at Horn Industrial Coatings will make sure your flooring is finished to the highest standard. Get in contact for a free quote at www.hornindustrialcoatings.com.au. All right, Ro, we are back and we're here to talk Tuesday. Um, Let's uh, let's get straight into it. The first game of the night was the Garfield Foxes getting their, I think it's their third win um, from memory, yep. 56 to 43 over the Harkaway Toucans, starting to get a bit a bit of momentum, bit of um, bit of opposite Lakeside Vikings vibes going on here. They're really sort of piecing it together towards the end of the season. Yeah, they've got a couple wins in a row now, I think, and obviously you, you saw them at their best a couple of weeks ago. Um, they're a team that came back after summer break, organised and, and ready to play and um, and ready to ready to upset upset someone's season. They were pretty much done at this at the summer break because I think they lost their first seven games or six yep. games, and it's 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 almost too hard to come back from there. And a couple little tweaks, I think Riley brought in Joey Nativo. Joey's been awesome for if you if you go back and look at. Um at what Joey's done for the Foxes. Just an absolutely brilliant move bringing him in. He's had a couple 20-point or near 20-point games now, so um, a big boost in scoring, and I think that helps Jeff a lot as well. You know, your greatest asset sort of gets freed up a little bit. Um, yeah, awesome move by Riley. Um, unfortunately, it was a little bit too late, but he's going to learn a lot for, for next season if he has another crack. But um, the Foxes, yeah, they've been ruining people's seasons. so. Um, um, they got, I think they got one more game. The Foxes. They got to buy this week, and then they they come back for the crossover. So, I don't know yeah. if I want to play them in in the final round of basketball at the moment. What, sorry, what's up? I don't think I'd want to be a team that plays against the Foxes at the moment. They're just red hot. No, nah, they're going to come back and, and and pinch one more win. I think. Uh, if we look at this game, Joe Tivo led all scorers in the game with thirty one and ten with the big one. Steele shooting the ball at 52%. Just an absolutely cracking game from him. Um, we also had Jeff Reed, 16 points, eight boards, six assists. Uh, we had Liam Loveday with four points and 10 boards. Great effort from him. Uh, Corey Brumby, a couple of points, three rebounds. Uh, Riley Lanting with one of his quieter offensive games, three points, five boards. Uh, Josh Vukovic with a five board and three assist performance. And Lockie Morris wasn't able to get on the board, but did rebound the ball pretty well. He had six boards. Yeah. Now, all uh, 
whether they're contributing or not offensively, as you can see, there's two standout scorers here, Jeff and Joey. But the other boys obviously playing their role, getting rebounds, setting screens, getting assists, getting steals, getting stops, deflections. Whether they're scoring or not, they're contributing the way Riley needs them to. And um, you know, when Jeff and and Joey shoot as well as they have, they they're gonna they're gonna win games. Yeah, for sure. The um, the two cans on the other hand, this was a, an unfortunate game for them. So they've been they've been competitive in their last couple um, with with the fill-ins that they've been getting. Um, but they did have two players returning from injury and uh, and holiday, and that was Lucas Armstrong and, and Toppy. So yep. But those guys um, probably got a couple of weeks in them to blow off some rust uh, before they're back at their prime. And yep. uh, I feel like the Foxes just sort of took advantage. I think, yeah, Toppy has been on holidays for like five or six weeks, um, obviously, over that summer period. And, um, yeah, obviously, if he's on holidays, he's not, not hooping the way he normally would be. So he, he was rusty, and, um, and that reflects on his box score. And, He's only dropped six points in this game, and usually he's probably a 26-type point player. Big shout-out to Dan Bell. He's dropped 13 points in this game. He's led the two counts in scoring, I think, the last three weeks. I think yep. last week he had 23, and the week before he had 22. So he's had 55. He's had about almost 70 points in three weeks, Dan Bell. So big shout-out to him. I think he's playing really well. Ten boards in this game as well. Double-double for the for the great man. Um, Lukey Thomas, he had 11 points, five rebounds, three assists, three steals. Uh, Tommy Daly, six points, 15 rebounds. He's been playing some terrific basketball the last few weeks. And Lucas Armstrong in his debut since uh, injuring his knee, uh, seven points, six boards, three assists. So um, You had Luke, uh, Lucas Armstrong last season, I think, in your Ducks team. I feel yeah. like this season has been his best best season in Super League? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, well, he was pretty good last season as well, but I feel like, you know, he got drafted in the third round this season. He's been taking on a fair bit more uh, responsibility and I think it suited him really well. Yeah. I mean, um, you, you get taken earlier, usually you get more shooting opportunities and um, he contributes a lot more than his offensive threat. He's, uh, he's one of the better defenders, I think. Uh, yeah, definitely. So when when we had him at the Ducks, he was our he was our guy that we threw on the the best player. He just yep. doesn't give up and um, just so strong. He's yeah. um, he's just got a really strong frame, and you can't you can't bully him around. So yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think the two cans have still got um, very much potential to steal a couple of wins in the next uh, next couple of weeks. Yeah, two cans. Uh, they're finished. They're out of finals contention. But same deal yeah. as every other team. They they're going to pinch at least one more game, I believe, and it's uh, it's going to it's going to make an impact on the ladder. All right. The uh, the next game of the night was the Druin Dragons uh, getting up by just three points on the Officer Hornets, who have been one of the hottest teams uh, of late. Fifty eight points. This uh, this game obviously has significant ramifications for the ladder because the the Hornets went from fourth to fifth, and now they've got to buy and they have to win their crossover game to get themselves back into the finals next week. Uh, sorry, in in two weeks' time. So, um, which is going to be extremely hard to do because they've got the Bulldogs ahead of them, which the Bulldogs won five in a row now. So, um, big loss by the Hornets. So those close losses really hurt. Um, 
but they lost to a really quality team. The Dragons are, as you know, top tier team in the competition. Um, they're seven and two. So, um, yeah, it's not a not a bad loss, but it's a loss that's that's going to hurt. Yeah, for sure. And it could have gone either way. This game was very tightly contested. Um, we see on the box score, we had Michael Blythe leading all scorers in this game. He had 18 points. He had three rebounds and a couple of assists. Jamie McNeil had a really good game. He had 14 points, four rebounds, a couple of assists. Ash Beck, 13 points, four boards, uh, 14 boards, a couple of assists. Phil Schofield was particularly impressive. I saw a little coast-to-coast from him, which was, uh, which was really smooth. He had 10 points, nine boards, two assists. And then we had uh, Chris Eagleton, uh, Jazza Kells, and Harry Darcy, all with two points. And uh, 15 rebounds for Jared. Oh, shit. I skimmed over that. I'm, I'm embarrassed. Uh, he always I'm rebounds the ball. Jared, because, uh, man, he was in the Bloodhounds last year, and those are the numbers that he got from me all the time. He's, he's an awesome rebounder. He looks like a full forward from the 1990s. With the big hands, the big jukes. Big hands, yeah. Like he, he looks like he could have just taken on anyone in the full forward yeah. back in the 1990s. Yeah, I think the 90s would have suited his his style. Shit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for the Officer Hornets, it was John O'Bray, all the way John O'Bray, 15 points, two, po- uh, two boards. Um, I think he did most of his damage in the final quarter. Um, I think he might have been on zero to, to enter that fourth quarter, perhaps. Uh, I might be speculating. Uh, Lockie Davis, he's been having a terrific season. He had 10 points, five steals, a couple of boards. Brad Starkey, 10 points, 12 boards. Dill Henry, eight points, eight boards. Um, he's been playing some terrific basketball as well. Matt Darcy, nine points, uh, six boards, seven assists, a couple of steals. Just does a great job of stuff in the stat sheet, that bloke. He's one of my favorite players to watch. Uh, Jack Brisbane Mills with a couple of points, three boards as well. And Liam McDonald, four points and seven boards. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's a hard good team, to team, man. Yeah. That is a good yeah. list. It is. It really is. I, I, I feel like a, a massive part of the Hornets' success uh, revolves around, you know, the, some of these guys they picked up late in the draft, like Lockie Davis and um, I know Jack Brisbane Mills was was traded in, but even Jack Brisbane Mills um, yep. just got contribution from pretty much everyone in the roster. Yeah, um, you know, Matt was um, Matt Darcy was obviously pretty aware early in the season he didn't have enough to mate to win it. And, uh, and made some made some moves, and the moves have made the Hornets better. Um, guys bringing in guys like Starkey adds another, you know, inside-outside guy, a guy that can light up from outside, but he can also contribute inside. Um, as you know, Jack Bam, as you said, he, he's, he's one of the best breakaway guys in the league as well. But, yeah, I'm super impressed with uh, Lockie Davis this season, but not surprised. Um, I think he slipped a little lower than what he should have been in the draft. And, um, yeah, Matty, Matty was all over it. Took advantage. I, I, I've got to give the, the Hornets credit, yeah, for for making those trades. I feel like they were pretty heavily um, – they were guard heavy and, and I feel like he's done a great job of bringing this team really into balance. Uh, they got three bigs and, um, you know, Jack BM's probably an in-between and then and then a few guards in there as well. It's it's a really well-balanced team now. Well, it's one of those things when you're building your team on draft night, you you kind of got your, like, best best available option. And then you've got your role player option. Um, yeah. And on the night, 
Um, Matty probably picked best available. And then within the first three to five weeks of the season when he made those trades, just made the team perfect. So really, really impressive job. Obviously, Matty's been around the league a long time and knows the guys really well. But um, I think it's his first time as a GM. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. And he's yeah, now, I'm pretty he's, sure he's been a GM, maybe an elite. I'm not sure. but uh, Okay. As a as a domestic GM, yes, first time round, and um, yeah, he's just he just knows the game. He just knows yep. how to do it. He's a well, he, he's a facilitator, one of the smartest guys in the league, and obviously adding guys like you know Liam McDonald and Bradley Starkey throughout the season, it's probably going to help him. You know, get more ball in his hands and, and get more assists. Yep. Next game of the night was the Turidan Kraken going down to the Nanagoon Bulldogs, forty-two to fifty-five. Um, I thought this game would be a cliffhanger. Actually, it was. Uh, it ended up not being as close as what uh, as what I thought, but still a very tightly contested game. Yeah, thir- like thirteen points is is nothing. It's probably three minutes of bad basketball, or three three minutes of exceptional basketball. Was the biggest lead as well, by the way. Yeah, so it's it's really not that much and. Obviously, in the in the game, it could it could have been like seven or eight points, and they had to foul to stop the clock, and it blows out more than what it is. Um, but the Bulldogs are hot now; they won five in a row, looking really good. However, um, had some news from Carl throughout the week that Matty Thielen might have rolled his ankle and might be missing a couple of weeks, but we're still unsure on that timeline. Man, that reminds me of this time that I rolled my ankle. I'll, I'll put a photo in the chat. <laughs> I think I know what photo. You're <laughs> Uh, if we look at the um, if we look at the Bulldogs, uh, it was uh, Steve West leading all scorers. He had 18 points and six boards. Uh, next up was Carl Turkin and having a great game: 14 points, 11 rebounds, three assists, shot the ball at 60%. Um, Matty Thielen was next up. He had 13 points and seven boards. Uh, we had Josh Bauer with six points, a few rebounds, a few assists. Uh, JT with three points. Angus Fay with uh, with just the one point shot the ball at zero percent from the field, um, and Noah Hansen didn't trouble the scorers in this one. He took two shots, um, but a few rebounds and no doubt a shitload of de- defensive pressure. He's a pest. Yeah, I think one of the one of the better defensive perimeter or perimeter defenders in the league, and um, every team needs that. Every team, every good team needs a, a lockdown guy. And oh, it's terrific. Noah's been in the league now for two seasons and he's got a, a really good reputation of doing that really well. Just doesn't give up. Yeah, just a real real pest of a guy. I hate playing against him. Uh, I think he's just a, an outstanding defender. You get the tag? when? Uh, okay. when oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for the Kraken, it was Tim Morgan and Bailey Abraham leading the charge. Timmy Morgan had 15, 7, 3 and 2 steals. Uh, shot the ball close to 40%. Bailey Abraham was 15 and 5 with an assist and a steal in there. Shot the ball at 55%. Um, next up, Dan Eagleton, spat. She had 7 and 6. Uh, Cal Austin had one of his quietest games that I've seen in a long time. He's been playing some terrific basketball recently. Uh, yeah. He only had four points and a couple of rebounds. Uh, and Jimmy Mittermar had one point. But we had um, donuts from. Dan Blythe and Timmy Eakes. Yeah, like there just wasn't enough shots going around in this game. There's only 46 shots. Um, there's a few guys that even like guys like Cal Austin only had six shots. Dan Blythe, six shots. Um, Eakins and Mittermar, uh didn't take a shot. Mittermar was obviously fouled on, on his attempt. Um, there just 
not getting enough shots. So I don't know if that's game tempo or um, yeah, obviously I, I didn't see this game, but imagine the you imagine a game tempo with the Kraken, and you imagine it to be pretty pretty fast paced with Timmy Morgan and Spatch. You'd think so, and like forty two points and four big shots is 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 acceptable. That's pretty good, but you kind of need fifty shots to score fifty points, I think, and. Um, yeah, obviously, just a, a touch off it. Um, shooting percentage, the uh, the Bulldogs were a lot more efficient. That's that's really, if you look at it, where the game was won and lost, just the the shooting percentage. I mean, forty two percent's pretty decent when you come to to Super League, and um, yeah, uh, it's not much in this game apart from the shooting percentages. Yeah, and uh, and the Kraken didn't shoot bad. The Bulldogs just shot shot well. Yeah. All right, we'll move on to the last uh, the last game of the night, and that was the Bayside Reapers uh, getting up on the Bunyip Wizards, fifty eight to forty six. Yeah, obviously, um, you had uh, front row seats in this one. You'd be pretty happy to steal a win on, against the Wizards. This it was a it was a weird old game. This we we opened the game eight zip, and then before we knew it, we were down eight to sixteen. So, um, man. <laughs> Just a, just a really, really strange uh, game. So, oh, actually, it was seventeen. Yeah, eight to seventeen. That's a big scoring yeah. one. Um, but full credit to our guys. They they dug in hard, and you know it was pretty easy to to look like this game was gonna was gonna blow out in the wrong direction. And uh, the guys really dug in hard and um, defended well in that second half, and um, we were able to pull out a win. Luckily. Uh, and obviously, a good contribution from everyone. Everyone six points or more in this in this game, and um, yourself and uh, and Dill Jack obviously had exceptional games as well. Yeah, Dill. I feel like Dill was probably uh, the most important player for us offensively, um, particularly in the first half. You know, we we started off shooting the ball well, and then um, things dried up pretty quick. And he was the one that sort of ignited our offense by getting to the bucket and and really just being aggressive. Uh, offensively, so I think he was a massive part in in sparking that comeback. Yeah, I mean, pretty good shooting standards by both teams. Both teams went at thirty eight percent in this game. Um, you you shot exceptionally well at fifty percent. You had fourteen points, eight rebounds, six assists, and a couple steals. Um, we've Five got Ben. Ben, assists. that was Cam. <laughs> I've read the wrong one, man. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Cam. But Cam. <laughs> Cam had six assists. He, yeah. he actually stuffed the stat sheet. Nine points, eight boards, six assists, a couple of steals. I feel like he did a, a terrific job defensively. Uh, he got the tag on on Matty Bray um, yeah. and, and did a really outstanding job, I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, you've had eight rebounds and one assist and a steal and 14 points at 50%. So <laughs> exceptional job from you as well. Um, Dan Cutalico, he's had six and ten. Couple assists and um, and summit obviously a couple trays as well, so yeah, your boys good contribution from from all of them. I think you've you've played a good team and they're a pretty big team. This Wizards team they they must feel the pain up and try and obviously score back to the basket points in the paint. Difficult difficult to match up on like Jake Connor uh, in particular. I thought was terrific in this game. Just just it felt like he hit everything that he put up. Um, Trent Reeford, I thought early in this game was really spectacular at eight and nine. Um, Matty Bray, one of his quieter games, but uh, still just you shit in your pants when he gets the ball. Um, Kurt Dimitrakis was 
was awesome. I felt like his uh, his contribution was uh, outstanding. He had eight points, four boards, uh, and shot the ball at fifty percent. And then Ryan Dunn, obviously, everyone knows what he can do. We called him the automatic arm at the Reapers. Eight points, four boards, three assists, um, and we just did our best to to try to make sure all his looks were tough. Yeah, I mean to keep a shooter like that to eight points is uh, is good, and obviously to keep Matty Bray just to a few rebounds as well is an exceptional effort from uh, from you from you guys boxing out because they are yeah. they are a tough team on the boards. I think the Wizards so good win to um good win to bag, and um, I think that almost almost solidifies your spot in the finals, but. You might have to win one more game. I think maybe one more game locks box you in. Yeah, and and just to give everyone the inside track here, we've got the Dragons and the Pacers, I think, coming up. So Ooh. absolutely no guaranteed win out of either of those. They're both very tough teams to play. And yeah, uh, <clears throat> I think if we can win one or both of those games, I think that'll prove to ourselves that we're that we're a legit contender and um, and that we can go all the way. What one gets you in? One one win will get you in. Um, obviously, two wins will get you a top two spot. Um, but if you lose them both, there's uh, there's room for the Hornets to take your spot. So um, it's important you try and pinch one of those games. And I think you are playing against probably the best team in the East and then the best team in the South. So that's yeah. it. No, no pressure. Second best team in the South, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're going to find out, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> we will. We There's will. a point point two percent separating you guys and the Dragons at the moment. So, wow, yeah, it's tight, very tight. Well, uh, that pretty much covers our action for the week. We do have a Hayden Byron top five to cover. I'm particularly excited about this one. Um, we've gone with the Hayden Byron top five blokes that you should have a beer with, and uh, probably. Probably about fifteen or twenty guys that could have. Uh, it's a know, long made, list. It was so hard. It was so it was so difficult, and and I'm I know I'm going to cop some flack for this uh, when I rock up on Tuesday, but um, I think we could maybe just chuck in a few honourable mentions <coughs> off on the blow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I've I've got some names written down here. I'm going to go with um, like uh, let's say Josh Saunders is one one on this list. Uh, great bloke to have a beer with. Um, you know, I've got Westy, I've got Grimo, uh, I've got Noah Hansen written down here. Like, there's just so many guys uh, in this league that are that are fun to talk to, fun to hang out with, um, and fun to have a lemonade with too. So, um, have you got any have you got any names that uh, that spring to mind when you think about top blokes uh, that you want to have a beer with outside of myself? Yeah, I think uh, I think um, Grimo and Joshy Saunders for me are, are good good nominations, but um, obviously, uh, I think Tristan as well. Um, I think uh, Fab Fab Monty is a Fab Monty's a good good nomination because I think he brings the food as well. Brings the brisket. Brings the biscuit. So I think he's uh, he's a good nomination as well. So plenty of good guys. There's probably as as we said, 20, 20 guys that could have made this list. All right, we're gonna go. We're gonna go with the top five. Right, number five. I've got Dylan Henry. Good, good nomination. Cool guy. It's pretty chill, and uh, yeah, he's a good, good guy to talk to. He's got lots of stories. He's a funny guy. He'd give you the shirt off his back if you asked him. Um, just a, just a terrific young man. His mum's done a great job bringing him up. Uh, I can't speak highly enough of this man. Number four, 
and this this probably flies under the radar, I, I feel, and I don't even know if he drinks beer, but um, Zach Jock. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I don't think I, I don't know. He could be a guy that just loves the water, but uh, he is a guy that you know, cool guy to hang out with. I tried to get him in my team last year. I tried to get him in my team this year. Um, he's a guy that you know, um, the drag the um, the Devils wouldn't let go this year because he's a he's a great teammate. He's he's just a legend of a bloke. Every time you talk to him, he's got something funny to say and always positive. Always, always positive. Always positive. Um, yeah, always, always smiling, man. He's just happy to play basketball and happy to be a part of the league. Yeah, good dude. Good dude. I'm going to hit him up for a beer. Um, number three, I've got Lucas Armstrong, ex-Duck. Yeah, man. He's, as we said, cool guy. Another guy with cool stories as well. One um, of the greatest of all time, I think. He's, he's just outstanding. Um, yeah, funny, funny, funny stories. He's got some funny stories, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a, just a lovely guy. Um, again, would do anything for you and, um, yeah, love a frothy, uh, with try and get into Monday nights next season, I think, cause, uh, I've missed out on him the last couple of seasons. Oh, oh yeah. You're missing out big time. <laughs> <clears throat> Number two, uh, controversial one here. Uh, I've got Lucas Plaza. Controversial, but if you put the votes out there, it's, it's a fair, <laughs> uh, fair placing, I think. He's um, he's just got something funny to say about just about any topic, and you know he's he's got lots of those uh, dad joke sayings, you know, like busier than a one-armed bricklayer in Baghdad type type sayings. Yeah, yeah, stuff um, you got to think about going. Oh, that, that that's really funny. He's um, absolutely full of him. He's just a pisser of a bloke to hang out with. In terms of drinks, I don't know if he's off the drinks at the moment, but he is. Uh, he's looking really fit, and I know I think he might play a bit of cricket over the summer. But he's been going to the gym with uh, Alex Kutuziak, and I, I don't know how much weight he's lost, but he is looking really fit um, at the moment. So, um, yeah, sorry, he looked very, very trim. I'm going to start bullying him in the paint. He's uh, he, he had a sore ankle, so he hasn't played the last couple of weeks, and I think he was away the week before. So. To lose weight with a sore ankle, remarkable effort. So, well done. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, he sent me a photo of his ankle. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> number one. Uh, I've got number one bloke you should have a beer with, and that is James Mittermar. Um, good, good nomination. I, I, I mean, you have, to, you have to experience it to really understand um, what it's like, but just an amazing, amazing man to hang out and talk to. Um, he, he's a guy that goes late, late in the draft, um, but he's always a guy that people want to get late in the in the draft. They're like, damn it, I wanted to get James. And yeah, there's always a few teams that are disappointed because they were like hoping to get him later than what he, what he goes. And yeah, cool guy to have on your team. At one of our uh, post-game functions, um, not not anywhere near uh, the premises. He uh, he brought along he brought along some espresso martinis, and oh, uh, no. oh, yeah. he was he was definitely the MVP that night. And that that was like rocket fuel and stuff. That was uh, that was unreal. I think um, most of the blokes had to get taxis home that night. But uh, yeah, a lot of funny stories. Um, yeah, just just super nice guy as well. Fun fun guy to talk to. And um, I'm sure the the Kraken guys would agree because uh, I'm sure that those guys hang out a fair bit. 
And, uh, yeah, amazing guy to talk to, amazing human being. Yeah, man. No, we've got heaps of them in the league. Uh, don't be offended if you didn't make the top five or didn't make the nominations because uh, we love uh, we love all you guys. So it's been uh, been an awesome season and, um, yeah, a couple of weeks to go. So it's, uh, it's it's starting to heat up now. Oh, shout out to the Bray brothers too. They uh, they deserve a mention. Um, Absolutely. Just just more so so I don't get a private message um, saying. <laughs> um, do you want to do? Do you want to kick over to a little bit of a ladder recap? And then... yeah, so you might have to lead this because I don't have the ladder okay. in front of me. But um... let's start with the East Conference. Um, we've got the Reapers, the Dragons, and the Devils locked up in one, two, and three with seven and two. Um, we move to the Bulldogs in fourth spot, who are six and three. The Hornets are six and four in fifth spot, um, and just just hanging in there to contend is the is the Tour and Kraken. They need to win the, the next two games. They're sitting with four and five at the moment. They need to win two games and get a little bit lucky to to sneak in. Out of contention, all on two wins at the moment is the Wizards, two cans, Bucks, and Foxes. Oh, so the Foxes don't have three wins. They've got two. No, I didn't want to correct you before. That's okay. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> um, let's let's see if we can get the South Conference. Um, the South is pretty much just as just as hot as the East at the moment. We've got the um, the Pacers that are seven and two, the Sharks seven and two, one and two on the ladder. Camels slide into third spot with six and three. Camels have sort of slid under the radar this season. I think. Um, uh, Hayden Hayden Melson at pick twenty. He was fortunate enough to pick himself late, and then obviously picked up Jack Morris Burney and potential still the draft Mason Moon. He's put together a really good team. Unicorns are back on the winners board. They're in fourth spot. They're six and four. The Pirates are outside the finals at the moment. They're six and four, um, just trailing by by seven percent. The Bloodhounds are in sixth spot with five and four. Um, and then the teams out of contention are the Rangers and Knights, three and six. Silverbacks and Vikings are two and seven. But out of all those teams out of contention, I know that they're probably all going to pinch at least one more game and um, it's going to it's going to upset some uh, upsets, upset some teams and it's going to shape the finals. It's going to be an interesting last couple of weeks, I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things. As soon as like, you know your team can't make finals, all of a sudden you start Sometimes shots start falling. Playing better, the pressure's gone. You start loving each other again. You start enjoying your teammates, and um, yeah, they you know it's one of these teams are going to have a, a big game, and they'll shoot sixty percent and score seventy points, and it's going to shape the season. So, plenty of teams I know. I watch the Monday night guys obviously a lot more than the the, the Tuesday nights, but there's so much talent that's going to potentially miss out on finals. Yep. Now, before we head off, we've got uh, – I know we said earlier we were going we to pick a game of the week each. This is sort of off the cuff. Um, yeah. Do you want to start with the Monday night and we'll, we'll count down from three and we'll just shout them out? Have All right. Idea? I'll, I'll read out the Monday night games and you tell me what you think the most interesting game is. We've got the Bloodhounds and Rangers, 6.40. 7.30 with the Knights and Vikings. 8.20 Pacers and Silverbacks. And nine ten is the sharks and camels. That's the one for me. The late night special. I yep. think. Uh, I think that's the one to watch. Um, hotly contested uh, game between two red hot teams. Um, 
it's sort of a bit of a toss-up between that and maybe the the hounds and rangers. But uh, I'm picking the sharks and the camels for the game. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. That's, that's second versus third on the ladder. Um, the losing team is has to fight for their spot next week. The winning team, I think, locks themselves away. So, yeah, big game for both teams. All right, give me the uh, give me the east. Uh, Tuesday night we got six forty Kraken versus Wizards, seven thirty Bulldogs and Toucans, eight twenty Reapers and Dragons, and nine ten Devils and Bucks. I think you need to nominate your own game in this yeah. one. I think so. I think so. One uh, versus two. Um, as we said before, it's 0.2% separating you guys on the ladder. Um, I don't think it really matters where you qualify, whether you finish first or fourth. But as you said, you want to give your boys the belief that you can bet anyone and any night and not not have to be fighting for your spot in the last round of the season. So, yeah, I think yeah. both teams are, are really going to want this win. And um, it's it's just weird because like the, the fixture is predetermined at the start of the season but you know the, the one and two matchup has taken till round 12 to get to so it's um yeah it's pretty insane and i think it's going to be a big game yeah yeah and uh as you said it's sort of it's kind of we've got the week after we've got round 13 crossover week and um man those games are going to really shape the finals and as you know you can steal games like you're stealing games for your side of the conference and it's possible that you know we have six or seven wins that go to one side of the conference and it, it just blows up the ladder and, you know, you know, interesting things can happen. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely going to be so interesting the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, we'll be talking more about it next week, obviously, but, um, yeah, lots of anticipation going into this week. Yeah, also I know that um, Tristan's been trying to get the registrations up. They were meant to come up on Friday. He's been working hard over the weekend to get these season 11 registrations up. So please keep looking out on the socials. Um, they will drop. I'm pretty confident they're going to drop this week. We want to sign guys up as quick as possible because that, that season is going to commence, I think, late March or early April. I'm going to get the calendar out to um, to Mike tomorrow and you'll get that online just to make sure everyone's everyone knows what the season is schedule looks like or what the dates look like so i know that's yep. important to a lot of people planning if they go away on holidays or or whatever so um we'll get that out as quick as possible but please once that rego sign you know comes out please sign up as quick as possible for sure all right mate that's um that pretty much brings us to the end of the podcast mate um thank you so much for joining me it's been a pleasure thanks dt